Mike, did you hear that? Did you hear what I just heard? A the jingle. glorious, the glorious new introduction from friend of the podcast, John, or actually Johnny, Johnny Moore. Do you think it's possible it's John Moore helping us from beyond? Really? We former New York Ranger, John former Moore. Former New York Ranger, John Moore. Uh, Johnny Moore, by the way, he's better than all of you because he heard the claim. Mike begged all of you. He begged for you begged. to give us a, a jingle. Word, beg. I don't and know Johnny Moore is the only one to do so. So you should be ashamed of yourselves. All of you, except for Johnny Moore, who could potentially be John Moore. Well, that new introduction was thanks to him. We have an outro because of him as well. Welcome to uh, Off the Post. By the way, this is a whole podcast of thanks. You may have noticed our sick new logo with the Rangers glove holding a letter. That was designed by Tom Moore. Little spinoff of our... Uh, Tom Moore? Tom Moore. You know what, Tom? It's Tom Ertz Jr. Tom Moore was a former um, Quinnipiac men's basketball coach. He was like the assistant at UConn, and then when I was there, he was the head coach. So I screwed that up, but that's fine. Tom Ertz Jr., our lovable Tom Ertz, created that logo, a spinoff of the logo that we already had, which was originally designed by Michael, and then Casey went up and completely redesigned it to make it sleek and beautiful, and now here we are. So you should all be thrilled. Fancy, fancy stuff. Okay, that's enough excitement for today. Into the questions. You ready for this, Michael? Oh, I love it. I love how you insist on us going into these That's true. So that should be the next thing we talk about. Mike and I had a conversation today about I thought he had read the questions ahead of time, and I was furious, but he didn't. He doesn't like the fact that we're going in blind, but you know what? This is the way to do it. So suck it. Matthew Pecora. Hey, Joe. Huge fan of the show. Thank you, Matthew. Wanted to know what other free agents you and Michael think the ring. Does anyone call you Michael except for me? No, I hate being called Michael, but it's perfectly fine. Matthew's a good kid, I can tell. <laughs> he is. He, he, and his name is like Matthew Pekka, former Quinnipiac Bobcat. That's two Quinnipiac references today. By the way, my Bobcats are fifth in the country in both polls, so suck it, nerds. Um, are there any free agents you and Michael think the Rangers might pursue in the offseason other than Panarin? Is there any chance we will pursue a Stone or Eric Carlson? Um, I can't imagine... The Ranger, here's, so let me preface this by saying Rick Carpinello wrote a story maybe two months ago about how the Rangers are obviously hot on Panarin. They think he's hot on them, but they very well may go down the RFA offer sheet stance in the event that they don't get Panarin. And I would tell you that Panarin and Stone, I think, would be enormous additions to the team, both short term and long term. Carlson scares the shit out of me. I, I don't know how else to put it. He has half an ankle. He, he, he's an unbelievable defenseman. There's no questioning that. One of the most electrifying players in the NHL. But y- you look at the contract that you're going to have to sign him to, and it's a very long contract for a lot of monies. And I don't know, Mike. I just can't see the Rangers being in on Carlson. What do you think? Uh, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I feel like we're learning a lot. Um, this 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 All Star break, Joe, um, really kind of helps settle some of the smoke a little bit, and gave you know Hayes is healthy again. Apparently, Zuccarello has a foot infection, but that's for our other show, of course. Um, but looking teasing. 
Yeah, I know. A little teaseroony. We're actually but- recording the Q&A show before the flagship show. Yeah. Which we crazy. normally don't do because we like the chronological order of things, but... Um, we, do. we do like yeah. The, it's a little it's a little loopy, but our special guest, who you actually know, Nick Mercandante, um, he was driving back from I believe New Hampshire. He said so he was a little late. So Mike and I decided that we were going to do the right thing. All Crazy. right, Mike, answer. I've taken you away from this. Yeah. So it is. There are you know guys out there who, I mean, including maybe even Kevin Hayes, uh, where you know the, that the Rangers, I'm sure, are going to be at least knocking on doors about like I wouldn't be surprised if they can't help themselves after this season that Jeff Skinner has had and I think he'll be 27 next year and they'll just say hey you know what what would that take um you know the another big name that's out there Pavelski is way too old he just doesn't fit um you mentioned Carlson Joe you and I have talked about this before he's 28 it just 28 if he had both of his ankles is a different story um he still in my opinion, the best defenseman on the planet, but uh, uh, the the chance that he gets hurt and the contract that he gets, which will be massive, becomes a nightmare, is a little too high. Um, I feel like it's going to be Panarin or Stone um, is the guys the Rangers are really going to be inquiring about. Although, really, I wouldn't mind if you know they're they're inquiring about Skinner, but again. I have a feeling that Skinner is going to probably make more money than Stone, just based on the fact. What does he have now? Thirty goals and half the season. So, yeah, it's an, it's insane. I think I was watching the uh, All Star game and it was shocking. Um, so here's the Rangers had, or not the Rangers? The league has Truba, Carlson, Cece, Burakovsky. I'm trying to look at people that like maybe of uh, these are RFAs who are of note. To the Rangers, um, I guess Ryan no, Murray RFAs, yeah. counts. Correct RFAs, not unrestricted free agents. I was wondering why you mentioned their Troubadour. Um, so there's Troubadour. definitely there's players here that I mean might be of interest to the Rangers, right? Especially if they're going to go the RFA route. But I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the it, so much of this hinges on i mean kyle connor is a great example too on winnipeg he's 21 he's got 38 points in 48 games so much of this hinges on a are these guys even on the market right like do these guys make it because i named off i just rattled off a few um you're also talking about you know patrick line and matthew to on that list as well so it's hard to sebastian aho aho is it aho i think it's aho um guys that you'd really never see make it to that point but uh, if the Rangers don't get Panarin, he's obviously option number one. A lot of things are going to change, and they're going to change very quickly. So the Rangers should have a good idea of whether or not that's the case by January or July 1st. But we won't know until we get there. But I, I don't see them being in on Carlson. Sean, and I say it like that because he has an exclamation ex. Explanation point. Exclamation. Explanation. Exclamation point. point at the end of it. Oh, you sweet little man. Yeah. What is your go-to food at the garden? I used to like the burgers on the 200 levels, but those are awful now. Most of the food at MSG is pretty terrible, at least on the 200 level where I sit. I'll tell you what, Sean. The chicken tenders with the waffle fries and the hot honey mustard, that's where it's at. Tell okay. you that right now. I, I have those I'm, in preseason. Those are solid. Yeah. I'm also a huge fan Oh, you went to the Ranger game in the preseason? That's right, Joe, I did. I'm also a huge fan of the uh, corned beef sandwich. It's very expensive, but I'm a huge fan of it. It's like the size of your face. Get some mustard on that. It's delicious. 
So is we're, hot we're, dog still respectable or no? Yeah, it is. I'm. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things where if you don't know what to get, if I'm at a, a sporting uh, like event, I go for a hot dog normally because I'm like they can't fuck up a hot dog, right? And I had one at MSG a couple years ago, and it was solid. I'm trying to think. Most of the time. Oh, you know what I did get one time recently is those they go got on. little little mini like uh, pigs in blankets. They did really, and that was pretty fucking good. I'll say that that was that was delectable. It was well, like then. just a couple steps above you know high school cafeteria food. But you know what? If I'm paying twenty five dollars, what do I expect, Joe? Yeah, that's what you get. I was at a game once with my buddy, and uh, <laughs> the woman like who was working the counter put like a hot dog. Like a, the buns next to the machine, like the rolling machine, and it caught the uh, it caught the bag and was slowly sucking the plastic into the like machine. Oh, so the guy behind me was like, "Miss, uh, it's sucking in the bum bag." And the woman who put the bag down came over and she went, "Who did this?" And I was hysterically laughing because you, Miss, you did this. Um, Johnny Alo. Lots of rumors surrounding Panarin to the Rangers. How much of a setback do you think it'll be to the rebuild if he doesn't sign? That's a great question. And let's answer it, Michael, assuming they don't the get Stone either. Oh, okay. But you were going to dance? Well, yeah. no one would see the dance. It's, this is a podcast. Is it? I mean, I'm videotaping you, but you don't know that. Oh. I would think uh, it would. I, I'll answer this first. If the Rangers rebuild dancing. plan, if the Rangers rebuild plan is dependent and structured around signing a free agent, which they cannot do until July first, and they cannot legally talk to him essentially before that date, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If that's like they need to do it, then the rebuild plan is bad. Um, I don't think that's what this is. This is more. How much would this accelerate the rebuild is, I think, the better way to look at this. And what this could be is a missed opportunity if it doesn't happen. Just like, you know, maybe Mark Stone would be a missed opportunity of just maybe, you know, a lesser degree. And you could say the same of some of the other, you know, free agents who are under, you know, 28 years old and can still be... You know, valuable contributors for the Rangers or another team they sign with. the The question is, do we? Is it fair to consider that? Like, oh, is that something that has hurt the rebuild? I don't think that's like the right way to look at it. In in my opinion, Joe. Yeah, that's a, a surprisingly smart way to view it, Michael. See what it did there. Um, I don't. I, I think Mike is right. I when hate you look everything at, about you. <laughs> when you look at Panarin, you look at Panarin as an acceleration to the rebuild. He's absolutely correct. You, you, you say, "Oh, we can contend in you know 2020 or 2021." Without Panarin, it just kind of slows things down. One of the issues, and, I, and I'm writing about it for a story that's going to go up on Tuesday. So you've actually seen it by now. By the time you're listening to this, inside of your ear is I'm making a point that the Rangers can't keep Hayes and Zibanejad because there's just too many pieces at forward, specifically at center, for something like that to happen. But the flip side is, you know, there's an argument that's being made by people that, well, you can't trade Kreider and want Panarin because they're two win-now pieces. So it doesn't make sense, you know, for you to want to contend with Panarin but to trade Kreider. 
and sort of, I guess, I think those two opinions can exist at the same time. But well, why can't you trade Kreider, get Panarin, and then sign another? Top well, right from forward? a from a Hayes standpoint, you know, as I'm writing this story, I'm talking about kind of what's going to happen and and who's going to be in pieces of of power, if you will, next year and the year after. And it's really the defense where the Rangers have the biggest issue. So, like, if Panarin comes, he's going to be able to really kind of hide some of the deficiencies that the Rangers are going to be dealing with on the back end. But in two or three years, you're talking about Niles Lundqvist and Ke'Andre Miller and potentially, uh, you know, a few other guys who are going to come up Igor and be Rykoff. impact players for the New York Rangers, right? Igor Rykoff is another one. So uh, I, I think it's just a matter of accelerating and getting the Rangers to where they want to be quicker rather than actually hurting the rebuild. But that's a great question. Tyler McGillick. There are eight games every other day for the Rangers coming up. Do you think a trade happens in this next little bit or after the eight-game stretch? Which would make more sense? You want to handle this one? I think it's tough to say. A lot of it's going to depend on what Zook, what the hell's going on with Zook's foot and how long that will take him. Um, you know, he has a foot infection, and I, 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 it's something I'm always curious about, Joe. Does, does Jeff Gorton go down to ice level during a practice and take David Quinn aside and say, hey, uh, we need to trade some of these guys, so uh, maybe uh, take it easy in practice and try not to get anyone hurt out there. Because, like, the worst thing that can happen for the Rangers right now is for one of those guys to get hurt in a way where it would just devastate his trade value. Um, And that's something the Rangers definitely have to be uh, wary of, especially with the schedule... Like our, you know, like this question just pointed out, or a listener pointed out, like this is a tough schedule for the Rangers, and I feel like when Zuccarello's back in the lineup, we're gonna hear something. But you know, we also recently there's the Brooks article about, you know, the negotiations are still open between the Rangers and Hayes and his camp, but you know, the, they're yet to sit down and try and actually hash out a contract. They're more just saying. You know, we're still trying to figure it out. We're in communication, yada, yada, yada. But it's it's obvious right now that what's going on is Jeff Gordon is, you know, putting every GM who's in the playoff hunt on speed dial and figuring out what he can get. So I feel like, I don't know, we, we saw a trade happen today as in the day of our record, Jake Muzzin got dealt. So slowly but surely. In an enormous, like an enormous trade, at yeah. least for this like stage of the season. And yeah, I was yeah. going to say it's, to Tyler's that might, point. That might kind of kick things off. Go ahead, Joe. Him, you know, you saying what would make more sense. I, I don't think anything makes sense, to be honest with you. Like there's no, there's really no blueprint or time frame for something like this. The only reality is that you need to do whatever you can do to get your best offer back. So if it's today, great. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs made a deal with the Kings today. It was the best offer that, you know, the Kings saw or what they wanted. Great. If it's the day before free agency, great. If it's the or the day before the trade deadline, great. If it's the day of the trade deadline, great. Like it, it's going to have to be dictated by other means. Gorton can certainly do a few things to kind of speed it along, if you will. He can say, hey, listen, we're trading Hayes within the next two weeks. But more often than that, that kind of hurts your leverage. So I think the Rangers do benefit a little bit from this ideology that, hey, maybe they will sign Hayes because guys will be like, oh, shit, they may not be trading him. You know, let's go give an offer they can't refuse. But... 
you know, to the, the crux of the question, do you think a trade happens after the eight-game stretch? I don't know. I, I'll tell you this right now. Two different sources have confirmed to me and by proxy Blue Shirt Banter that the New York Rangers are very deep in negotiations with the Colorado Avalanche for Vlad Nemestikov. So I would assume you would see a deal like that or even a Zuccarello deal, although he has a foot infection, um, before you see a thing like Hayes. I think Hayes is going to be last for sure. So, and you know, to your question, Mike, is Gordon coming down and saying like, hey, listen, we got to trade McQuaid, we got to trade Zuccarello, make sure you're playing these guys? That's the million dollar question. You and I have been debating that for podcasts uh, seemingly since Quinn got hired. Where's my money? So we don't know. Your money for what? You didn't answer the question. You just asked it. You have to answer the question correctly to get the million dollars. I didn't know that's how that shit worked. I don't know if that's how it works either. Clem Fandago, what do you think of Niles Lundquist's season so far? What do you think is a fair projection for him? Is he flying a bit under the radar because of Krofstov and Miller's season? For those of you who do not know, um, Lundqvist has eight points so far in the SHL, and I terrible podcasting. I don't know how many games he's played. What I do know is he's on pace for, I believe, the seventh best offensive output for an under-19 defenseman in the SHL. Uh, Mike and I, have, so he has eight points in 30 games. Mike and I have discussed the fact that like it is incredibly difficult for players to succeed in the SHL or the KHL, I think in a way, yes, his numbers are underwhelming when compared to the growth that you're seeing from Kroftsdorf in the KHL or what K. Andre Miller is doing in the NCAA ranks. But we kind of talked about this last week. There is no way to look at what I mean. Mike and I bitched incessantly about how terrible some of the decisions were. Uh, excuse me. Some of the decisions were on the second day of the draft. That's how mad I got about it. I just choked. But they hit an absolute home run. In the first round. I mean, all three of those picks are blowing away expectations. And there were people who absolutely crushed the New York Rangers for picking Kravstov over Wallstrom. And I don't think you can find many people who think that Kravstov is not at least on his level, if not better, right now. So, You know what I said when they picked Kravstov over Wallstrom? Tell me. I, I said, who's Kravstov? Uh, Which I also did for Philip Hedl. Yeah, full disclosure. Um... I, it's a very good question, uh, Clem. Your name still uh, fills me with mirth and joy. I, Looking at what he did and looking at what he did at juniors, you know, he had a goal and assist, and I watched a lot of the film and the games for Sweden from, you know, the World Junior Championships. I was like, okay, he was kind of quiet, but, like, he was on the third pair, and he was playing on a stacked Swedish blue line, and... You know, I was really not concerned. He was, he was, like, not a problem on the ice. He didn't make a lot of mistakes, and when he was on the ice, good things tend to happen for, tended to happen for Sweden. So, I was pretty, you know, encouraged by what I saw there. And this is important to point out, Joe. You know, he, this is his first technical, first full season in the SHL. He had 28 games uh, last season with Lulia, and you know his. Points are kind of similar to what they were last year. That doesn't mean anything, really, to me. He's not supposed to be, like, an offensive defenseman. He's not Eric Carlson. He's known as, like, a puck-moving guy who's a little undersized, but he plays the right side, and he makes good decisions, and he has good hockey IQ. So, you know, without watching more of his games, I don't want to go into too much more detail about 
about my take than that, but like I'm not concerned. I think he's doing fine. No, and yeah, he does. He does get overshadowed because the Keandre Miller and Kravstov, you know, it's 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 those are those guys cast pretty tall shadows right now, and that's fine. Like it's it's perfectly fine to have a guy who like you know like Lundqvist. He's obviously going to be a guy who gets a chance at the NHL, and it looks like the Rangers drafted a really smart capable young defenseman you know but he's also still 18 he's not going to be 19 until july it's all fine everything's good yeah i mean keandre miller is he has 20 points in 22 university of wisconsin games i think he's leading freshman in scoring or maybe freshman defenseman in scoring um he's leading them in my heart i'll tell you that right now Krovstov has 17 points in 41 khl games and why that may not jump off the page um, he's playing for it's a, a terrible It's a huge team. jump from the seven points that he had in 35 games, and he's been involved in like 25% of uh, Tractor's offense, which is insane. So, And he's just a baby. He's just yeah, a baby he's, he's in, a baby. in a world full of polar bears and adults in Russia. A baby child. Um, Larry Bubbs, if Zook's health is a legit question for the rest of the year, or at least leading up to the trade deadline, what do the Rangers do? So, Zuccarello has a foot infection. We know that now. Supposedly, he's on antibiotics, and it's going to be gone in a couple of days. But the reality is there's nothing the Rangers can do. If he's hurt, you know, long-term hurt, they can't trade him. Um, If it's a nagging injury, a team can trade for him knowing that, but it hurts the return. So The other reality here, Michael is the reality here is that there's nothing they can do to treat his broken heart when he gets traded. It's true. Mike is really dragging the podcast down with his depressing... All by myself. Um, Don't want to be Yeah, the thing with, the thing with Zook is it's, if it's a, a foot, foot infection, infection. It's not a broken bone. It's not, you know, like... A foot injury is obviously not great news in hockey, but... You know, it's not like ligament damage or anything like that. This is just something they can knock out with, you know, antibiotics. And it's the New York Rangers organization. So, you know, they have the best medical team in the world in terms of treating stuff like this. I'm not too concerned. But like I said earlier in regards to Hayes, especially with the schedule, you know, the Rangers do have to understand that you got to be very careful. You need the antibiotics to fight infections. Yeah, rub... Rub them up every night. Just grease up those kids. Keep keep them greased up and warm. And uh, don't let anyone catch, you know, mad cow or whatever the fuck. Jeff D. With news about individual player tracking coming soon, I keep imagining what Cody McLeod's heat map would look like and laughing. The data won't be public, but what impact does that tech have for players like him? Um, it's Here's the thing. I would be very, very surprised... You know what? Let me backtrack for a second. When Peter Shirelli got fired by Edmonton, Elliot Friedman, I believe, mentioned the fact that the Oilers have analytics. The Oilers, they have analytics. Every NHL team has analytics. The same analytics that you and I look at on a daily basis. The problem is how they utilize those analytics, right? Like if you have the numbers, but you don't believe it, it's like climate change, right? Like there's science behind climate change. You can elect to listen to the science or you can elect to not believe it. It's the same thing here. So like that information, like the Rangers know McLeod is bad. They have to. They have him there for a specific reason. And the reason is that his intangibles and the stuff that he does in the room and the toughness outweighs the fact that he's not good on the ice. 
So I think there may be very limited instances where a guy like McLeod maybe doesn't get a contract because some analytic kid comes into the room during their like discussions in the war room and he's like, hey, listen, like look at how much time he spends in his own zone. But more often than not, I think teams know what they're getting into. We need and to remember that we need to remember the name of Jonah Hill's character from Moneyball because that's we just need to call every kid in a front office in the NHL just by that name. The guy who just says, "Uh, math, you guys, math." Um, I'm. It already feels like it's kind of like the Cody McLeods of the league have kind of phased out, especially you know in many ways he's kind of a uh, an epi- the epitome of the sort of player who's phasing out. I mean, he doesn't even have. A visor, and he, or uh, you know, he's. I think, man, I, I can't even think about how many NHLers don't have visors anymore. I know Getzlav doesn't. That's that always boggles my mind. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's already happened in a lot of ways. But I feel like it's more. It's it's embracing the NHL's like marketing and and how they want to present the game. They're embracing the speed aspect, and they realize I think that speed is entertainment in and of itself. They don't need fisticuffs. They don't need you know bare knuckle boxing matches, and that's fine. It's I'm I don't know what it's gonna do to change the old school mentality that still is running and operating teams and is still existing behind most benches in the league. However, like there are still guys who just kind of insist, you know, I want this sort of guy. I would like the Rangers made a choice. I want Cody McLeod here. Like we want him here, even though we know he's at best a 13th forward. You know, there's no, there's no mystery. It's not like Cody McLeod at 34 has some untapped skill. They know exactly what they're paying for and they didn't pay a lot for it. And maybe that's kind of the sad reality here is that these guys are going to get the veteran minimums. I mean, what was it, Joe? Like, we saw, you know, with uh, Chris Neal and, and Ottawa, like, that was kind of the end of an era, right? He was the last kind of career-long, you know, tough guy uh, that spent his entire career in one spot. I don't think we're going to see that ever again, really. We're gonna- no, and, and it's sort of getting weeded out at the lower levels, too. Like, yeah, I think and we discussed it last year, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that, you know, you don't have the pure fighters anymore. I mean, they still exist, and they will still exist, at least for the foreseeable future. No, the, even the AHL from, like, the AHL, what it was five years ago is radically different. Yeah, it's completely different, different now, radically. Radically different in terms of not every team has that guy who's there to sell tickets. That goon. Um, to fight. And now more teams are realizing, oh, you know what? We kind of need to develop these kids. <laughs> we need a, we need an actual development system. Yeah, they looked not- at the Rangers and they were like, huh, that doesn't seem like it's well, working. That's, that's so not working out. We're going to have to go in a different direction. Tea Leaf. That's awesome. Leaf. What do you do with AG? Oh, I think he's saying Georgiev. With Shostyorkin ready to come over from the KHL. Assuming we don't get a top five draft position, who would you want to see us target? How is the expansion draft going to hurt us? Oof, those are three questions. Um, let's start here. Assuming we don't get a top five pick, we don't know yet. We have to wait for smarter people to do that research. I don't even want to delve into that question because it would be foolhardy. You take um, the best player you can get. Yeah, the best player you can get. How is the expansion draft? Scoring winger. Or how the expansion draft? Can I? Can I talk? I'm trying to answer the first Son question that you don't want to answer because you're a coward and you oh said explanation point, and it made you look like a fool. And I'm sorry, but I had to say it. No, this is fine. This is absolutely fine. I'm no, you had, you, had to be, you had to be dragged um, down in the mud. 
how is the expansion draft? We also don't know. I think a lot of that is going to depend on the assumption like Kravstov is not going to come up this year. You don't burn a year off his entry-level contract. Like those types of things, we don't know. We'll have or a better the idea next year. Or expose Brendan Smith and problems get solved for them. Well, if somebody takes him. Um, now, the, the question that we can answer here is what do you do with Georgiev when Shostorkin comes over? Nothing. Either, like, there's no issues with that type of competitiveness. Um, if Georgiev needs to apply his trade in the AHL or the Rangers need to say what they could get for him, great. But the I don't know if Shostorkin's going to be ready right away for the NHL. He may need to season a little bit in the AHL. So you don't do anything with him. You, you wait until you have to make a decision there. It's a problem I want to have. Is the Mike way wants it. That problem. He loves problems. Young goaltenders, I mean, it's... It, I feel like this year we're trying to still figure out what the hell Georgiev is, and that's okay because you know the team in front of him is a goddamn—it's like an outhouse that's caught fire. It's just nothing. There's no good resolution here. I mean, eventually, Joe, the outhouse is going to burn down and get to—you know—in my dumb brain, I thought that the toilet in the outhouse would flush, but no, it's just a hole in the ground. No, it's just a hole. Yeah, that's all it is. Well, some of them, but maybe no. What would it do? It's just a hole. You get down to a point where there's enough urine where it might put out the fire. I know the point is it would be bad and it would smell bad, but that's a bad problem. Good problem is uh, having two young goaltenders uh, who can help the team and both, you know, kind of short term and long term. I'm not, I'm not too worried. I don't think like Georgiev's going to get in the way of Shostorkin, even though we've heard, you know, some things about maybe the Rangers camp isn't incredibly high on him, uh, meaning Shostorkin, and that's, that's all right. That's, yeah, there's rumors. There's a little, just a little rumble They rumors. seem to be dis- disputed, by the way, or at the very least, you know, that it they seems seem to be, to be more disputed, and that's fine. myth than fiction and truth. I'm not but. too worried about all of that. What I, what I am worried about is outhouses. Well, yeah, so I'm going to put a call out to our listeners the same way Mike did for the jingle. Have you ever used an outhouse? Tell us. No, thank God. I've never done it, but if you have, I want to know in excruciating detail. I've had to detail, pee outside so. before. Well, yeah. Times. What I mean, what guy hasn't peed outside? Don't do it near a playground. Or no, school. don't do it anywhere where you'll become a sex offender because that no. is real. But that, that's some real shit. Um, you know, like no, nah, you know what? I'm not even going to tell the story. Never mind. Have you ever wrestled a, a land mammal before? No, I have not. All right, I'm going to tell the story. My wife's family had a dog, a chocolate lab named Joey. And he was, like, very, very shy. So whenever he would go to a new place, he would get really nervous. So when he would come visit us um, when we were at college, my wife lived in, like, this house by the lacrosse field. But it was, like, in the middle of nowhere. There was, like, woods forever. No neighbors. Like, nobody was in sight. He refused to go to the bathroom. So I would pee outside. And then he would want to mark the territory, like, pee over my pee. And that's how he would pee. So that was my story. Oh, so that's the lie you told yourself. Next question. <laughs> Corky Wand. I swear to God, that's the name. If Filipino keeps developing at the rate he currently is, where do you see his production in four to five years? Ah, I'm going to get myself in trouble with this He'll question. He'll become Galactus Consumer of Worlds. And a friend. I, I think Heedle could be... I think Heedle could be a 70-point player. I really do. I believe that. I uh, Nothing that I've seen from him tells me otherwise. The question is, like, a lot of these guys need... You, you need to have things go right to get to that point, right? Like, for every Claude Giroux, there's a guy with just as much talent that never made it to the NHL. So, things have to go right. Heedle's on the right pace. There's no need to push him. Let him be what he is. He's fucking 18. And that's not... I'm not sassing you, Corky. It's just... 
He's 18. Let him do his thing. Let him figure it out. And let's go from there. He might be 19. He's 19. I say he's going to be a 71-point player. Price is right. Next question. Son of a bitch. Nick C., do you think Lundquist's recent comments during the All-Star break have any impact whatsoever on management's decision to trade Zuccarello, or is he still basically 100% gone? I don't even know what Lundquist said. He's gone. He's just yeah, he's gone. gone. I don't know go. what. Yeah, I have no idea. I know you've never loved anyone like you loved Matt Zuccarello, because you, like I, a fond listener, have a soul and a heart. Well, maybe he's Lundquist. Gone. That's a different. That's a love that's tied to lust. Uh, Zuccarello is a pure love, like getting a puppy. Yeah. Well, Eric Carlson. No, not that Carlson. Um, I grew up in Binghamton, watching the AHL Rangers in the '90s. Then they left for Hartford. A few years later, the AHL Senators came to town. I was okay with that. Two years ago, they left for Canada, and the AHL Devils moved from Albany. I had no problem going to the Senators since it was less of a rival, but I want to support the hometown team, though I no longer live in Binghamton, but I cannot bring myself to cheer on the Devils. Could you? No. Yes. That that said, hockey is hockey. Like, I would genuinely enjoy... Yeah. I've I gone to hockey games hockey before where I've enjoyed it, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I could do it easily. Well, it's because you're a fool. Uh, no, because I'm not a... Like infected by fandom, I just I tell myself hockey's hockey. I'll go to a Devils game and enjoy it. Oh yeah, I so would I. Like, but I don't know if I would like throw myself into a team. No, but it's an AHL team. I guess not really. Like some and, of like, the Devils are there. Fuck those guys. <laughs> Why? Because they wear a different shirt. Yeah, not okay, dude. That's what sports is. There's no logic to sports. And I, you and I have had this conversation before. I will share it with the people. Joe, there's no logic to outhouses. I, no, there's a very real logic to outhouses. You don't want to shit in a hole in your house, so you Let shit ask, outside I want of to ask the house. You, I want to ask you a question. Go ahead. Let's say uh, civilization collapses. Okay. Uh, your family and my family, we band together. Uh, you, know, you know, you and I both wear the bones of our defeated enemies around our necks. I like it. And you know, with shotgun shells as earrings, stuff like that. When we make our castle, which is really just made out of, like, shopping carts and, you know, sheet metal, how far away do you dig the outhouse from, from your domicile proper? Like, you have your, your house where you sleep, where, where your babies walk around, crawl around, whatever babies do, ride mopeds. And yeah. then how many feet away do you dig the, the turd hole? It's got to be, uh, you see, here's the thing. It's more important for it to be, like, down river of your that's, location. Yeah. That's you know the what? more important that, thing. That's maybe the smartest thing you've ever said. Distance isn't as important as the direction to do that with the hockey. feces is going. Correct. So that's my response to that. That's good. Um, oh. I, but because my thinking was you don't want it too far. What if you have to crap and it's an emergency? Right. But you well, can't have it yeah. too close either. What? I was going to make Joe, a point. Joe, that'll get in the well water. I was going to make a point before you. And that's how you get the cholera. Number. So, uh, rem- you know our good friend, Fischl Jesus, who I keep screwing up his name? Yeah. It's we a call sp- him FJ. Yeah, it's Fish Jesus. No. So, there you go. What is happening in Hartford? There are recent struggles. How is Leas doing? Um, I don't watch a ton of the... Oh, that was the point that I was going to make before, but that's fine. It's over. Um, I don't really watch a ton of Hartford. Adam does a lot of Hartford watching. There are a couple of bloggers out there who are kind of exclusively with Hartford. Um, They suck. They're bad. It's not going to get better overnight. I think we knew it wasn't going to get better overnight. 
Anderson is 18 points in 27 games. That's a very broad stroke. You know, that's what he's done. I think I would have liked a little bit more offense. But again, Hartford is terrible. So that's my response to that. Yeah, I... McCambridge needs more than two years is my short answer here. My long form answer is I still don't understand the Brickley trade. Um, I mean, I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of that one either. And of course, it's one of those things where the more we talk about it, people are going to say, why do you care about Cole Schneider being, being traded for God? But like, okay, I get it, folks. But they traded away like a proven scorer for a guy who's not much of a proven scorer, especially at the AHL level. Uh, But, you know, looking at where Hartford is um, in the Eastern Conference right now, Joe, is uh, tied for last place, which I would imagine is not good. I don't know much. Uh, You had to explain what being a fan was to me, and you also had a good sense of uh, how currents and rivers work, so I'm kind of impressed by your intellect tonight. I mean... I would, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops with an explanation point. But here's the thing. I'm not worried. Uh, why are they bad? Because they have a shallow talent pool. Um, Libor is young. Uh, he's struggling. I did a, did a lot of research about what the defensemen have been doing there. You know, Chris Begris has been great. Uh, Crawley was kind of having a pretty good season last time I looked, but... He, for whatever reason, he's kind of been the guy they've been making a healthy scratch and, you know, trying to rotate Sean Day into the lineup here and there, which is encouraging because only a little while ago, Sean Day was in the ECHL, which seemed like, oh God, that's the end of that uh, fun time with that prospect. But I'm not terribly worried um, with how things are going in Hartford right now. I'm going to be tremendously more worried if this is a story we see next year, because by next year we should have a lot more kids there we should have yeah, there should be more are, talent especially meaningful talent and how Leas is doing is generally it's kind of the answer everyone already knows but you know they don't want to hear is that he's doing okay but not not brilliant and that's that's okay like i'm not terrified about what's going on with with Leas anderson right now no i mean I feel like in many ways he's been jerked around in such a way that it's hurt him. Um, I'm sorry if you hear clicking right now. I'm just making sure to... He's running the podcast is what he's doing. Yeah, 18 points in 27 games. I said that before. You didn't even listen. I'm sorry. Mike has a mouse that... Maybe the loudest mouse of all time. Like it clicks and like the table shakes. Um, Peter Pettigrew. Oh, that was a rat. I'm sorry. Phil... Tweets by Phil. Phil. No, not our Phil. We know the players who should be traded. We know the players who shouldn't be traded. What about the guys in between? Could you rank those players and how likely from top to bottom to be traded? I'm going to simplify this. Hey, Zuccarello, Nemestica. Well, you know what? Hey, Zuccarello are like should be tier traded. one tier one right yeah let's focus the next thing i would think nemestikov is the next guy that's most likely to be McQuaid traded. has to be in tier You're, two or three yeah McQu- okay nemestikov and McQuaid. oh sure. stanley's out i forgot stanley was here hey buddy. james vc maybe no he's tier two is McQuaid and nemestikov guys that we expect to get traded but we'll see um the guys that like you don't expect to be traded i guess would be Kreider and shattenkirk and then really outside like maybe vc in there what about uh, james VC? <laughs> there's yeah. some some I rumors see. about fast but other than that i really don't see you know 
the guy who I feel like VC would be amazing to trade this season because he'd be selling him high, super high. Although he's kind of been crappy lately, but I still think you'd be really helping your cause if you sell high. The guy that in no way they should trade that I'm worried will get traded is Buchnevich. Um, uh, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. I would be surprised too. You're, you're selling very low, and like the Rangers need to be smarter than that. Let's be completely. They honest. they need to be smarter than that, but. Coming out of this break, Joe, he's he's back on the fourth line. And <laughs> yeah, that's well, with Quinn... Zuccarello. That's with Zuccarello out of the lineup. They're putting yeah. Brett Howden on the wing, and they're put on the third line. They're putting Z- Booch on the fourth line. Yeah, Quinn pretty clearly wants the defensive side of Bouchenevich's game to kind of come around. I don't see it. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't think it doesn't make sense to me. Because I think Buchnevich is a better player than those guys, but and then you know we're getting into arguments on Twitter about Buchnevich's production, and he's playing on the fourth line with Adam McQuaid. Like, there's a reason why some of this shit happens like that. Adam Furlong, the Brooks article about David Quinn from the past me- week makes it clear why Stahl has not sat at all this year. His effort, hustle, grit is always there, and his play consistently matches his potential. Basically, David Quinn prioritizes intention rather than pure output. Discuss. Yes, I would. I think I would agree with this in a sense because the guys that get those minutes, right, the Pionks, the Howdens, the VCs, despite their struggles, are guys who legitimately, like, I don't look at Buchnevich and think, shit, that guy always skates. That doesn't mean that he's not hustling. It's just the way he plays. Heedle's kind of the same way. They're more perimeter players than they are in-your-face guys. VC is like Callahan. He's always around the net. He's fucking throwing his weight around. Same thing for Pionk. He kind of plays that type of a game. And Howden's the same way. So I think part of it is Quinn is trying to establish an identity with the Rangers that, listen, this is the way we're going to be. And he said from the very beginning, before he even coached the game, before he let it practice, before he even looked at a roster, that he wanted to be a difficult team to play against. But I don't think he values it over output, although I realize that it's sort of ironic to say that where Howden is literally drowning and he's been moved up and, you know, Buchnevich is on the fourth line. But uh, it's just, it's a difficult, you know... I think it's hard to read, and we'll get a better read once the trades happen, the sell-off happens. Michael, I think that's such a great that's such a great observation. Um, I might steal that line uh, that you know he looks at the effort more than the actual impact on the game in terms of production, and that's been really curious to me, especially from the article I believe this listener is uh, referencing to Joe. He made a point of like he doesn't just give something to players, uh, right? He he wants them to earn it, and he specifically mentioned Philip Heedle had a stretch of games where he was only playing ten minutes a night, and that's what quote unquote he had earned, uh, meaning you know he hadn't earned more than that. Correct. My problem with that is, what did Brett Howden earn that Leas Anderson didn't earn, or what did Brett Howden earn that you know Tony D'Angelo didn't earn, and. Or, fuck, Buchnevich's preseason was unbelievable, Joe. Uh, and it just, so why does, you know, why did uh, Howden get the extra leash? Why did, you know, why did Howden get the opportunity there that Anderson didn't? And I know that's not all on Quinn, of course, but, like, there are plenty of questions to be raised there. I've made no secrets that I'm a little more skeptical about Quinn than you are, Joe, so 
I mean, you've already expressed some skepticism, so imagine that I'm just a little bit more. I also want to mention I made a goof before. By the time the Seattle expansion draft happens, uh, Brendan Smith's contract will be done. So God. I'm Seattle sure call you on your goofs. No, because bitch. you didn't realize it. Cause no, I had no idea. You're not, you're not a sweet, no smart problem. boy like me. I want to punch you right in the face. Sweet, sensitive um, boy. Alex Khalifa. I can answer this question. How long will Lindgren stay with the Rangers? He is already down in Hartford. They did not recall him from the break. Um, oh, well, so yeah. Some, like, some people forget. Unmuted mid-cough there. was That was fun, if anyone heard that. But uh, the problem is Pionk got healthy again, Joe. Did I unmute mid-cough? No, I did. Oh, you did. Some people don't use bantering points, and then I have to go put bantering points in. So... Um, if you do that and I forget you, that's why. Kyle Brandau, this isn't Kyle. particularly relevant to the Rangers, but what do you think an appropriate NHL E would be for NWHL, CWHL? <gasps> I don't know if there's any basis for comparison, but the all-star skills competition made me curious. Oh, I actually see what he's asking. Um, and oh, I was- don't think that... Hang on, I have to yell at my dog. My dog drinks. Stanley! Stan! He drinks water until he throws up sometimes. He's out of his mind. Sorry to do that on the podcast, but my dog is super super handsome. Um, I think Kyle is asking for like like you would take a a player in the NWHL and figure out their NHLE. Yes, so here's what I... I, I feel like I'm the right person to answer this question. No offense, Joe. Don't you've insulted me too many times on this podcast. You know so. your butt cheek from your face cheek when it comes to women's hockey. Um, so Rob Bowman did mean. preliminary work on equivalency within professional women's leagues, and he started with the base, like the theory, or like I guess I should say his hypothesis was that the CWHL and NWHL are, are equivalent in terms of when he's searching for equivalency models. I'm actually doing a lot of work on that this year, uh, but the fun thing about doing that kind of work is that you have to wait until after the season when we get more data to work with, and then I can kind of point to, especially what the jump looks like between NCAA Division One women's hockey and then the pro ranks, uh, the NWHL and the CWHL. The problem with trying to have that between women's and men's hockey is that we have a handful of players um, who have played both women's and men's professional hockey and when they have they're in leagues that typically we don't even have stuff that's like reliable data on uh for example a modern player right now shannon zabados who's the team canada superstar as well as this the starting goaltender or really one of two great goaltenders uh for the buffalo buttes was playing in the SPHL, the Southern Professional Hockey League, um, which, of course, is, you know, next rung down from the ECHL and around that neighborhood in terms of talent level. So still playing, you know, paid professionals, but not in the neighborhood or the ballpark of AHL or NHL talent. So, but again, we also saw Kendall Coyne Schofield skate with NHL players in the Beauty League and look really, really good. But you also have to ask, you know, how a five foot two woman would fare in a league that has open ice hitting which the women's game doesn't have and those are all difficult questions what we learned which was already known uh, by a lot of people from the skills competition is that women are just as talented as men when it comes to hockey and there can be a lot of debate about that and i know there will always be debate about it really shouldn't be debate about it like it is what there it shouldn't is. be joe uh, when people have eyeballs but 
the other thing is, you know, the rules are different. The games are different. Yeah, the way, th- just something to ponder, which is so significant. Think about how zone entries must differ in the men's and women's game when open ice hitting isn't allowed in the women's game. Just think about how that impacts things like possession and zone entries alone. That's like, it. it's it's a profound impact on the game that we have no way to measure. So it's very hard to measure something like equivalency when we don't really fully comprehend those little details. I think that was a very nice way to answer that question, Michael, even though you insulted me in it. Josh Zarkin, we have two questions left. If you're the Rangers, do you worry about positional need or just focus on accumulating the best talent possible via draft or trade? Um, Yeah, you take the best player you can get. I mean, if you have a specific need, you know, that's fine. But uh, you take the best player you can, especially when you're drafting. Mike, yeah, gonna, when it's 50-50, you lean towards what you need, but when it's not 50-50, you take you, the you best You take the guy. best talent. Last question, Mike. Jason Silberman, if you had to guess one big surprise Ranger to be dealt at the deadline, who would that be? Jimmy VC. Oh, I'm going to say Kevin Chattenkirk. Um, we're going to make this plea in the flagship show as well, which you already listened to, actually, but uh, I will make it now as well. Um, if you are a patron... Patreon.com slash BlueShirtBanter. We have readjusted our rewards to give stickers and mugs, depending on the tier that you're in. So please give you, like, update it with your address. The so stickers ship to me to you. this week, Joe. They're going to come any day now. Oh, really? Well, look yeah. at that. Get ready, bitches. Well, I wouldn't call our friends bitches. That's not nice. Like Thank you again, Johnny Moore, for... Uh, Honestly, the, the music is outstanding. Thank you so much. We're going to give him free stickers. He didn't even ask for them. Yeah. Here's the outro. 